Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. We welcome you today to the Apostolic Pentecostal Worship Service where we believe in the Word of God and that God has the power to meet your need today. Can we just put our hands together and thank Him for what He's already done? We've had several miracles this week. It's just been uh, an amazing week, and we thank God for what He's doing. We believe in the power of God to transform, to change. So if you feel a change coming on something happening in your soul, it's because the Word of God is accomplishing its purpose. The Word of God is powerful. Now, I'm reading today from Matthew Matthew chapter 16. So grab your Bibles and uh, this uh, particular uh, verses that I'm going to look at are the interaction between Jesus and the Apostle Peter. Just before this little setting that we're going to read a few verses, uh, Jesus speaks to Peter the very famous lines upon this rock. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. That's the that's the immediate uh, events just before uh, verse twenty one, and so we're going to pick it up there, verse twenty one, Matthew sixteen, and verse twenty one, and then it opens like this: From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem. And so uh, belief in Christ's lordship and the truth of Christ was stirring up the authorities and they were getting upset. And, and so they were, Jesus was going to give them a very strong uh, admonition. In fact, it, we're going to close out with his admonition, but he says to them that it won't be long. I'm going to be crucified. So let's look at verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Can you say amen? <clears throat> then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Now, this is a very interesting way to translate this. Peter took him and began to rebuke Jesus, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Verse 23, but he turned, Jesus turned, and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me. Satan, thou art an offense. That just means uh, you're in my way. You're a stumbling block. You're an offense unto me, for thou savorest not. That, that just means, that's an old word for you're, you're not thinking properly. You're not, you're not letting this move in your mind in a way that you're getting the right, the right answer. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, see, it's been addressed to the apostle until this moment. 
Verse 24, Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whatsoever will... For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So today I'm preaching a message I'd like to entitled, Follow Me. Follow me. Can you say that with me? Follow me. Me And lay your Bibles aside and let's pray that the Lord will anoint and bless his word right now. Could we do that, Father, right now? We feel your unction and the spirit of the Lord that's moving us today. And I believe that you are speaking to hearts. You have a very special purpose. And we give you praise for it, Lord. We bow our heads. We allow, Lord, us right now to have the thinking that you would have us to have in our minds. Time is short. Someone is ready to follow you, Lord. And so we ask for your mighty hand to guide us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. We welcome all of our guests. Could you put your hands together and welcome all of our visitors, our guests, friends that are here. I see several folks. Uh, if I start calling names, but be sure to grab us after service. We're so happy to see you here in this service today. <clears throat> now, the Lord is telling his disciples that the condition for discipleship in the Lord, there is a condition. Now, in, a, in the American culture, which is, I call America, uh, I describe America as uh, in trouble with God. America is in trouble with God. Sometimes I describe it as decay. The Bible does, Romans 1. Uh, the Bible speaks of a culture that's doing what we're doing as a decaying culture. That means it is losing its, uh, it's like fabric that gets rotten. It simply can't hold together. And so the Lord describes the condition for discipleship, to follow him, what it is to, to have uh, discipleship in the Lord. Now, in a culture that like we're in, we're, we're told that, that you, you're just, everybody's going to heaven. Uh, I saw a book the other day describing all the, nobody's really not going to heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. This book was basically saying, uh, and I, of course, I've often wondered about Hitler. I did to spend eternity with Hitler to me would be like, uh, that's the wrong heaven. I, that's not the heaven I'm looking forward to. Uh, and nobody's going to. So what I'm trying to tell you is that's just the kind of culture that we're in. But Jesus gave the condition for discipleship. And he said that it is to follow him. OK, to follow him into death itself. That is to have the, a complete and total surrender I am going to follow him. The Apostle Peter, we just read it. The Apostle Peter says, no, it's not. Lord, that's not going to happen. And, and so he, the Lord, of course, knew that that was the voice of Satan, even though it was. the I mean, that's a horrible thing. But just imagine, hey, folks, I want to tell you something. It's not time for us to be echoing the voice of Satan. We need to be willing to listen to the voice of God, which says, follow me to follow him into death itself take up your cross now these are not popular 
phrases in a culture such as we live in, we're, we're far too much a me generation. We're very much into, I was thinking the other day, there were people that uh, they would pay their phone bill so that they could be on the phone before they pay their rent. You see, because I, I'm talking to people every single day and I'm like, but why would you pay your phone bill? And you're going to be, but you're going to, well, at least I'll have a phone on the side of the road. You say, well, that's just their logic. Well, I, I understand that what I'm trying to tell you is that we're in a culture where things are sort of uh, uh, odd like that. I can't imagine but so it is. People get lost in their in their phones because now the phones are computers and and uh, they it, it's there's a, this whole cultural phenomenon about uh, m social media and the way young people are completely mesmerized. I, what I'm trying to tell you is that we're in a generation where things are moving in the direction of just me. It's about me, and Jesus says it is not about you. It is about me. See. Now, the minute I say that, there are people that, wait a minute, it's always about me, you see, because we're being conditioned to that. But I'm telling you today, your answer is not in yourself. I was listening to this very famous singer, it doesn't matter, you would hate me if I told you who it was, and you would say, that isn't nice of you to, to say that about them. So I'm not going to mention who it was, because I was only listening to see if the word said what it, I had read that they said. And in the song, they, I'm sure that they didn't write the song, but the song was basically saying the answer to all of your problems are in you. Now, psychologically, I get it because there is a sense in which if, if you don't make the decision, it's never going to be made. God could be, so I get that part, but that is not what this song was saying. And I'm here to tell you today, the answer is not in you. The answer is in God. He has the answer. Now, believing that the old rugged cross is the hope of salvation, that the blood that was shed is the starting point, that is what the devil hates. He cannot stand it. No. No, see, the devil would much rather you, you can jive and move around and feel good than to recognize that you must repent. You could talk scripture and well, he hates that, too. But what I'm saying is you could you could be a theologian as long as you don't believe in the blood and the power of the shed blood for your benefit. See, as long as psychologically you come back and say, I'm I'm the answer. Nobody tells me I'm as good as anybody. Very interesting day that we in which we live. But God has secured the condition by which all that we need is sufficient in him. So we sing it, the old, I will cherish the old rugged cross. Hallelujah. I remember at the university years ago, uh, because I was a believer and and not only was I a believer, that mean, meaning a Christian, but I was also a Pentecostal. That was like saying, uh, 
well, you know, that was just like, I mean, you're a Christian and then you're a tongue talking. I mean, it was even questionable whether they were going to have the mental openness to say that I even had a right to be in that classroom because I was a tongue talking person. That was was my identity. But I want to tell you something. I am not ashamed of the old rugged cross. Hallelujah. I will cherish the old rugged cross. I'm trying to bring you this morning to a place where you recognize it does not start with you. It starts with him. The answer is not in your ability, your money, and your position. The answer is in God. And when you find him and you touch that cross, hallelujah, somebody's feeling today that, that sense of if I could just reach out and touch it. And I'm talking, that's, that's who I'm talking to today. If I can just touch him, because no matter what you've done or where you've been or who you are, you may be the poorest of the poor, you may have absolutely nothing to offer in return, but there is something that draws you to the foot of the cross, and your soul is brought before God. In fact, repentance, which is really what I'm talking about, everybody say repentance. See, it's hard to get folks to, we're so self-righteous, you know, we're so self-righteous, and we hide so much, we're hiding, oh, jeez, we hide it, but in fact, repentance is accepting The power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I, I, I'm about to tell you a moment ago, and then my, I ran all over the place, but this professor said to me that the, the, I, he, he was very brilliant. I have no doubt he was brilliant. He said, but Talmud, you, you know, you, they do this. You're far too, you're far too uh, smart. That's what he actually said. But you're far too whatever. They, they, they're working on my ego. On my ego. He said that the Christian message about the blood is barbaric. That's what they said to me. It's just barbaric. To believe that, uh, and I said, uh, well, it, it all depends on perspective. And of course, I had a, I'd come from a family of alcoholics, and they, and I, I said, well, but, but my background, I said, I, I didn't come from a university. I came from a broken home, and I began to tell him that. I was trying to get away from the theologizing of the whole question, and so he immediately shifted over and said, well, uh, Talmud, what? Could blood do for someone's sin? 
Besides, any God that would demand blood is a barbaric deity. That's what he was telling me. I said, it was not God that demanded the blood. It was sin that demanded the blood. And Jesus was willing to offer himself. So we jump from me trying to say my life has been altered to him telling me it's ridiculous to suppose that red blood. And he went into this whole. And, and of course, I respected him and I had to respect him because I was the respectful person I had to be respectful now there were times that I wanted to say that you know say something but he went on and made his point but repentance is the accepting the reality of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ on your behalf now, some of you think I'm talking only to non-believers, which is the problem. That is the problem. Because all of us need to cry out to God on behalf of our own sins. <laughs> I'm going to be voted the least popular. That's okay. But it is true. When you accept the power of the blood... For what you need, something begins to happen inside of you. Many of you could do all kinds of eloquent speaking. But if you had to admit that it's the blood. I need the blood, Jesus. Then all of a sudden, you don't have anything to say. I'm talking to somebody. You need to get past it. You need to get past your intellect. You need to get past your ability. You need to get past your position. And you need to cry out, I need the blood. I need the blood of Jesus. I need your touch, Lord. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Come on. One more time. Don't hold back. I need the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. When you repent, it supersedes theology. It is stronger than theology. I don't, I'm not talking about anti-intellectualism. I hope you're smart. I hope you're rich. I hope you have all the things you need. I'm telling you there is something, or let me say it this way. Truth is greater than what you know and what you have. Follow me. Follow me, Jesus said. Because this lifts you from intellect and logic into the supernatural. You go from theologizing into action. Follow me. Take your eyes off of the world and off of yourself. Now I realize this is the hardest uh, curve in this message. To take your eyes off of yourself. We become, I'm intrigued by the postmodern notions, uh, which are multiple, there are an unbelievable number of different facets to the postmodern mindset, all of which are uh, basically now say that nobody knows anything. 
None of us know anything. It's what I call the death of modernism. That man has sought for hundreds of years to figure it out. But postmodernism says, forget it. You'll never find an answer. Eat, drink, have a good time. But Jesus said, get your eyes off of yourself. You see, that's exactly uh, people like Sartre said, it's all in you. All that matters. Remember, I, uh, I've, you, I'm going to say it again because I, I, I need to get a better example. But Sartre, who was, I think of him as the sort of the beginnings of postmodern thinking uh, over in, in Paris. And he began to say, uh, if you, if you want to help the little old lady across the street, you've heard me say, I've said it even recently. I've been, I, I want to tell you, my friend, the devil may have words, but those words can be very empty. So Satra said, if you help her across the street, that you feel good, that's good. But if you grab her purse and knock her down, same exact thing. You see, that's what I call the ultimate selfishness. No matter what you do. And of course, the minute someone grabs their purse or grabs their baby, then Suddenly, the logic, it's hard to make the logic stick. And Satra couldn't live. Don't get me going on this. Satra couldn't live with what he was saying. Nobody can live with that. I'm telling you, my friend, you've got to get past yourself. And you've got to cry out to the blood of Jesus. I need your touch, oh God. Get your eyes off of the world and focus on the Savior. There is a Savior. And you say, a Savior from what? He is a Savior from what you've been and what you've been doing to something better. He's a Savior that takes you from a past to your future. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He's the Savior. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. There's no such thing. There may be in Jeopardy or what, what is that game? Monopoly. See, you all knew that. It's nothing of the kind. It is a, not a free card. It's not pie in the sky. It's a promise of transformation. I will give you living water. I will do for you what nothing else in the universe can do. Just follow me. Follow me is a paradigm shift where you begin to see everything differently than you did before. Uh, I, I like this little story. I'm going to mention it real quick. The, the, the father was on the train with his two children. And, and uh, of course, if you're in Europe much, and I did, you know, uh, there's a lot of that. You're getting on the train all the time. And so uh, the father was there, and the kids were just really uh, causing a commotion, and the dad was oblivious and sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. And, and finally the lady got up and said, Sir, I want to tell you, these children are completely out of order. Like that. 
Of course, in London, that's just exactly what they do. I had, I was in, it wasn't London, but I was in Birmingham, and I said, I don't want any vinegar on my fish and chips. And the lady said, you will take vinegar on your fish and chips. She said, you Americans. That's what she said to me. I said, no, ma'am, I will not take vinegar on my fish and chips. She said, well, then it's, you're not getting the real deal then. I said, well, if you want to pay for them, you can put all the vinegar you want on them. Now, I know, Sister French, do you put it on yours? Yes. And we, I've noticed an anti-banana spirit in this service here today as, as well. A paradigm. So the lady says, sir, I just want to tell you it's a disgrace what your kids are doing. And he looked up. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry. Their mother just died this morning. And I'm not thinking that is a paradigm shift. Where at one moment you think one way and then suddenly, and of course she could barely apologize fast enough realizing and being able to see it for what it really is. I am telling this church today that when Jesus said, this world may tell you all kinds of things. It's got promise after promise after promise. But I am telling you, if you want life, you follow me. And I'm going to give you exactly what you need. It is an alteration. It is a paradigm shift. Everything is different. It can only begin with True repentance. Now, I don't mean by that that you're able to grab hold of things and know the future. But it is a desire of the heart that said, I want to do what Jesus has told me to do. Turning from your own confidence to trust in the providence of God's plan and God's power. Satan's plan is to keep you locked into your old self. See, which I would just call sin, but you understand what I'm saying. God's alternative is to take hold of your life. To seize your life. See, everything I'm saying is so counterculture. He wants to reach into your life. That's what he wants to do. But he won't do it. You've got to invite him. He will not step in. He has got to be invited. Praise God. God's alternative is to seize your life and your soul. You see what I'm saying? Do you see that it can only take place here it is. That can only take place. This whole scripture. This is why Jesus says it to the great apostle. This can only happen. If. Everyone say if. You've got to recognize the condition. If any man. 
See, you can't break your intellect. I can't change your intellect. If you're brilliant, you're brilliant. I can't change that. But there is a way to go beyond your mind, your intellect, your doubt, and even your sin. You may be bound by alcohol or drugs or or some kind of psychological. Maybe you've been abused. But I tell you today, there is a way past whatever you've been and wherever you've been. There is an answer beyond what you have experienced. If any man will come. The surrender to him must come first. It has to be. So I'm I'm sorry. Someone said to me not too long ago, I was trying to explain to them why they couldn't have it and still be what they were. And they were uh, needing God. And they said, well, why do I have to do that? I said, because that's the way it works. I said to him, why is the sky blue? He was pretty smart and he knew why the sky was blue. I was hoping he didn't. And he said, well, because of this. And he went into it and I thought, he must be right because that sure sounds right. And I said, well, then why is... uh, why is milk white? I was going to go till I got every color. But I'm not sure why milk is white. I said, has anybody ever asked you that? No. Good. Because you've just asked me, why do you have to let loose of yourself? And the answer is, because that is the way. It works. The God that made you knew that until you could let go, until you could say, I need you, Lord. See? Someone said, why doesn't so-and-so and so? Well, because they've never said. They've never reached. They've never said, I've got to do something. I've I've got to change. But you are trying to change. I'm trying to explain why you are in the presence of God and how it actually works. When you surrender, are you willing to repent and to die and surrender to your creator? If you are, if you go after the Lord with a passion, That lets loose of your ways and says, I'm going to follow after God. You see, nowhere in there did it say you had to be perfect. You had to be educated. You had to be rich. Had to be smart. No, no, no. Nowhere did it say that. But if you release yourself and say, I'm going to follow him. But how do I do that? You're doing it. The very moment you begin to let go of yourself and say, I don't have the answer. I don't know who made, how he made the world. I know that so-and-so said it came from evolution and the other one said this and this one says that. But I want to tell you, my friend, your heart is crying out to God and saying, I surrender. That is the first step. Take up your cross and follow me. 
you know, there are many Christians who are not carrying crosses. Oh, they're smart, but they're not carrying any crosses. Uh, they're beautiful, but they're, they're far too good to be carrying a cross. Take up your cross and follow me. Follow me. That is when you are ready for the transformation. Those who play the religion game have no intention of changing. They intend to control, and that's the old Adam. You see, you've got to become a new. You can no longer. Someone said, I, you're, that's the, he's the same after he came to church as when he left. Same old. And if your name is Adam, I'm referring to Adam and Eve. That's who I'm talking about. That's what I call the religion game. The same old Adam is in control and the same old Adam rules. And that is what you must release. Now, these are the guys like the priests of Baal in the day of Elijah, the prophet. They never see the fire. They cry out for it. They, they hope desperately that their solution is good enough. But Jesus said there is a real solution. And that solution is in your hand. Because God gave you a solution. Religion without power can change you. But it is not a fundamental alteration. In other words, there's all kinds of religion that do things to you. And that actually can do some good things. But it doesn't change you. It makes no real difference inside. I'm talking to someone today. When you repent of your sin. It's now, the, the world is saying, well, come and we'll give you, a, it's like, a, a, like an ice, a melting ice cube. I've never said that before. Are you waiting for this? <laughs> uh, let me think here. Uh, it's like a melting ice cube. Um, it, when it's melted, you still have the same thing. It's just a different form. You haven't fundamentally been altered. Someone says, come, comes running in and says, oh, look, I've got water. Well, where'd that come from? Uh, an ice cube. You would say, well, that's uh, pretty common. We're, we're all familiar with uh, ice cube. And uh, so it's, there's no fundamental change, okay? But the apostle Paul said that the gospel or the truth didn't come or doesn't come in word. It doesn't come in intellect. It doesn't come in... What, just what I'm saying, but in the power, but in power and in the Holy Ghost. That's the moment, Paul says, that you become a follower. When you repent of your sins, that's why you get into the waters of baptism. You, you, don't you dare step into the waters of baptism until you have become a follower. And you say, I will follow. I am reaching out to the God that has my answer. I want you, I want you to really think about this verse. What about the Bible is saying when it calls you from merely existing, merely passing from birth to death, like a parenthesis, to follow. 
The Apostle Paul says this. Now, I want you to listen. I'm almost done. I want the musicians to come on because that will let me know I, I, I can't preach all day. All right, so uh, verse, 2 uh, Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, if, if any man be in Christ, I want you to think about what this means. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. I've been purchased with precious blood. I am not my own. I bought with the price. Hallelujah. I'm a new creature. That man is changed fundamentally. He's created over from the spiritual inside. You can't do that with a little whisper and a patty cake. See, you can't do that. Now, I know I'm knocking some of your little, little hopes over there, and I'm sounding a little, little uh, smart. Maybe that's what it's going to take. I don't know. But this little patty cake and going home and being the same old devil you always were. That is not what you are seeking. If any man would come after me. Let him take up his cross. Hallelujah. Paul also said old things are passed away. Behold, come on, stand with me because I'm going to stop. Behold, all things are become new. So if any man will come after me is revolutionary. Follow me, Jesus said. Like Elijah to Ahab, I defy you, Ahab, to stop me because God is going to be with me. The power of God is in this place. And so Elijah said, try to call down fire and then I will rebuild the altar that you tore down. My friend, I'm telling you, the answer is in your hand. Rebuild that altar and find God. My brother got the Holy Ghost in his Toyota. He was a drug head. But he got the Holy Ghost in his Toyota because he was so hungry for God. So sick of the drugs that he said, I've got to find an answer. I'm talking to somebody today that God is telling you, I've got the fire that you need. Hallelujah. Praise God. Y'all go ahead and sing this. I want you to, I want us all to come. We're going to dismiss from the front of the church. If you're a, if you're a visitor, you're, you're under no obligation to come to God. I'd love for you to just come and pray with us. We're going to pray for a few minutes here. But I'm talking specifically to someone's heart that you've been wondering what to do and how will it work. And I'm telling you today, you cry out to God and repent of your sin. Lead me. That's all you need to do. And God will do the rest. Can we just lift our hands all across this building? 
Jesus. Ah.